This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis, along with Warren Harper. You're listening to Altitude Adjustment. It's 2 p.m. Central Time, Saturday, May the 7th. And I would like to say Happy Mother's Day uh, in advance, and so we won't be here tomorrow. Happy Mother's Day to all yes. the mothers out there and the potential mothers um, and those who eventually want to be mothers. I'd like to, to throw them in there, too. And from husbands to their wives, if they have children. <laughs> Even if they don't have children. Because they may have one day. But I'm, I'm going to let you. Yeah, well, you, that's true. Okay. You, you, do, you do yours. You do your introduction your way. I'm sorry. I stepped in. I am. <laughs> I, 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 I was out of place. That's no, no, no. I'm, I was just ad-libbing. I mean, you know, because I'm, I'm married and you're not. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. And and there's probably a reason for that that I'm not. I'm not, not gonna mess with that. <laughs> okay, very good. You got you got to allow me a little respite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So what we got today? What's going on? So I, I did have a uh, something I wanted to jump into before, um, before we we started with the, the topic. Today's topic being um, reality news. Um. Okay. But now I, I got laughing and joking with you, so I don't even remember what that was. So at some point, I'll just change the subject okay. yeah, and we'll come, come back. back. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, so so reality news, the, the, the way that this show came about was uh, we I listened to, and I think we both did, listen to uh, Brian Stelter uh, ask the question, was the news responsible for some of this reality-like behavior from our news sources. And, and one of our favorite uh, whipping horses is the news and what they do and what they don't do, what exactly. they should do. And so, and so there were some aspects of it that, I, that we thought would be good to at least cover. And... Um, uh, where was oh man I am just need some vitamin B and my mind is all over the place today. <laughs> well, maybe I got too much vitamin B going on. Oh, you focused, huh? <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I do need vitamin B. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Alrighty, so um, so what, one of the things that I think was the problem that hurt news that hurt. So first let's say news is what we want it to be. News is a construct. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist outside of civilized society. So if we were living in caves, there would be no such thing as news. It would be oral tradition. They'd be talking about it. Exactly. It would be passed down by, you know, voices and, I mean, not voices, stories and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So news is a construct. So we've constructed a system of information sharing and gathering. 
Yeah. So the current state of our news industry is what we've allowed it to be. Hmm. Okay. So it, it then becomes a matter of you and I want news to be a certain way. And the system is the way it is now. Right. So I think the real problem, the change happened when capitalism met news. It used to be that news wasn't a profit center. Mm -hmm. It was a lost leader. So in other words, they did news as a public service to provide right. people with information that would help them make better decisions. Then they realized we want more money. So, so because the news centers were losing money because they weren't making money off of it, they couldn't sell advertising for that. Mm -hmm. They decided to make it a profit center so that they would not lose. And I think that's when the system went from providing people good information, reliable information to what we have today. Now, does that mean that the information that being provided by the news services is not reliable? Hmm. It depends on um, what you're looking for. I, I, so, and so my thought is, is that, that the reliability issue is more about the quality of the news mm. than is that news, uh, um, uh, <laughs> how you doing, Fred? Factual. Huh? Factual. Right. And is it, is it factual? So, so, uh, um, an, an example, um, News headlines and news articles are being developed to garner more views. Yes. And so they're not designed with accuracy as the primary goal. So mm -hmm. accuracy is not the absolute end all be all of what news is. And they make no bones about it. They don't pretend otherwise. Mm -hmm. They don't pretend otherwise. Else the slogans, your primary news source. Eyewitness 5, the, the only place to get your news. Those are all slogans. Right. To garner more views. Views and clicks. Views and clicks. They're not, they're, look, look you know, our news source will give you the truth regardless of whether we like it or not. That, that's not a slogan you ever hear from a news source, right? <laughs> right? No. So, no, um, so, so the making money has changed the news landscape. Now. Yes. Two things there um, that I think are a specific issue. Um, one, our expectations of what news delivers to us. So if we didn't watch news, 
when it was fact based, you know that that kind that you know when it was just fact based, had no, you know, emotional headlines tied to it and that kind of stuff, and it was just we're delivering you the news dry, just here's the facts, uh, who, mm-hmm. what, when, where, how, and why, right? So now, um, so if we had watched news there's a possibility we would have the news that just delivered us the facts that didn't try to slant it. I'm not saying that that's not necessarily always going to be the case because if news was successful at just delivering the facts, somebody might've thought, you know what? We could slip in a little of this here and a little of that there and make some money someplace else. So it's quite possible news still would have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key point you made was that uh, it when capitalism uh, slipped in and when, uh, well, when when these rich millionaires and billionaires start buying up the uh, newspapers and the media sources, the network media, then obviously they were after one thing, more money, more money and control. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Now it's like uh, it's like social media. Whatever drives the clicks and the baits or, or makes them money, that's what they're pushing. I get it. Probably. and Yeah, I mean, it, that argument is a very uh, salient, very um, reasonable and thought out argument. And, 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 and a reasonable person could not uh, push that argument to the back and say that's not the truth. And so, and so that concept of it has to make money there has to be, you know, some um, value, some greater value than the truth. Mm. Because the initial value was we need the truth. That's what news was was built around. The idea right. of delivering information, the truth about a situation, because not everyone could be there to see it and participate in it or whatever. And so we need to be able to capture that the truth, share it with people so that they have information uh, so that if they ever encounter this situation, then they have some frame of reference to work with. Now it's, hey, we, we, we need to make money, so so we'll throw in. And, and one of the things that, um, and I, I was not going to try to, I was going to try to get away from this, but I can't. I can, but I won't. We had... Um, we had, um, man, his name was right on the tip of my tongue. The 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 guy from the KMOV, the the uh, reporter that took over as a program manager. Or, oh, you you talking about uh, Art Holiday? Art Holiday, Art Holiday, because I was what, just what getting it, there. It, so we had Art Holiday, KSDK, right? KSDK, that's what I say, KMOV, KSDK. So yeah. we had Art Holiday on, right station. He had a hard holiday and he was, he was, he was ready to have that discussion about the role of news. And I, and I did not, and I am ashamed of myself. I did not go into that conversation. I was too busy being starstruck. I was too busy. Like, Hey, we, we really got Art holiday on this little dinky podcast. Art holiday actually came to be with us. Oh, you know, and he shared some great stories. Um, he did. He shared Absolutely. some great stories, and and I think that was good. And and 
his level of professionalism and his in uh, his years of experience, um, it struck me in that conversation. But what I what I missed was he had information about the the change in pol- in uh, media wow. and how it operates, and and I missed that opportunity. So, um, so I I guess this is kind of a plea to hopefully be able to get him back and back. and have that conversation. Um, and I'll be a little better prepared. Um, but you know, so that's what it is, what it is, what it is, but yeah. things have changed in the, in the news media. And, um, what you and I see is one perspective and he had a different perspective. He had a perspective from, um, actually being in the business, you know, taking yeah. the slings and arrows, you know, what, uh, dealing with corporate, corporate, uh, uh over overlordship, you know, what uh-huh. is the corporation allowing them to do? Or can they, can they honestly report on, um, misdeeds that the corporation that owns them are doing, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, and so, I, I, you know, he's, a, he has to, he has to walk a line. Oh, absolutely. Like anybody. He has to walk a line. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he can't. Um, so, so, but, but that would have been another perspective. Um, one of the things that I've had to come to deal with today or in the last few days is I, over the time that we've been doing the podcast, that I've been doing the podcast, I kind of get frustrated. And, you know, I talk about people not paying attention to news and, and, Mm. you know, participating in the process. And sometimes um, I probably don't recognize enough that people have everyday lives. I have an opportunity to look at six or seven different news sources to form an opinion. And a lot of people don't have that kind of time. Okay. So when you do that, when you go through your five or six different sources, do you see a pattern? Do you see consistency from the way stories are uh, portrayed or written across the different uh, platforms or companies? Or, Or do you see some variances how big or how small so we did we did uh, we did the show um uh, free to be me about the okay. oh no 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 it wasn't that one it was it was the story about uh the the woman that uh divorced her husband divorced her husband for another woman for another woman and yeah. i looked at uh, an article in the UK and an article on the New York Post. And I pointed out that there was a, a difference in how those articles portrayed the situation. Okay. So yes, the answer to your question is yes, I find that there is a there there is a different voice for uh, how stories are told. So a news article is how a story is told. 
So in that situation like that, would you be quicker to point the difference at the um, the way they're portrayed towards the writer or the actual news source? So, So my thought is, so every article is supposed to go through an editorial process. Okay. So the writer writes the story, hands it off to a, a, an editor. Editor looks at the story, um, makes modifications, kicks it back to the writer. The writer makes adjustments, goes back to editorial process, and mm-hmm. probably in the process, two or three different people look at that article before it actually goes to print or it goes to air. Now, we know that that's, that system breaks down sometimes, and that's under that's. We know that that's going to happen because people are human. And sometimes they're going to let the deadline be the issue mm-hmm. rather than accuracy be the issue. So, um, you know, for 20 years, they may make accuracy the overriding factor. But then one day mm-hmm. uh, there's a story that comes along that's too big to just kind of blow off or push to the back. And they compromise. Um, and so that happens. But that but, could be that could be troublesome if they overlook some important things or miss some points. Exactly. Or they are they uh, uh, report the wrong thing. Right. But but so the process isn't on the writer or on the editor alone. It's on the organization. It's on mm-hmm. the the writer. It's on the editor. It's on the even the copy person, if if you pick up a batch of papers, let's say you the copy boy and you're supposed to deliver a batch of papers and you happen to be reading the story and you, you see a factual inaccuracy, do you just deliver the papers because that's your job? Mm-hmm. Or do you participate and you say, hey, there's, you know, I don't know who to talk to, but I'm, I'll escalate this to my supervisor that right. there's a factual error here. And then the, the, the his that person's supervisor has a has a responsibility to escalate it if there if there's an issue that needs to be addressed, and so everybody has a part. Mm. I as a I as a consumer of news also have a, a a part to play. If I'm reading something and 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 I've looked at multiple sources and there's something that doesn't add up there. Uh-huh. If I just choose one source over the other without um, w- uh, without vetting that evidence or you know mm-hmm. at least trying to reconcile why those differences exist, then I'm I'm just a part a big, as as a part of the issue as mm-hmm. as the whole system itself. The system only works when everybody's a part of it because we 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 always have to help each other be successful. Okay. So do you have a, after doing this for a while, do you get a feel for uh, the differences when um, one source may show over another, you kind of like, well, yeah, that's, I figured, you know, they look at it this way and I see why they uh, read it a different way, you know, wrote it. So, so I understand what you're the question that you're asking. Mm. So, does an organization have a slant 
in their voice. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I have sometimes noticed a difference between two different writers at the exact same source. Hmm. Okay. So I don't, I don't, because I, I'm not always privy to the, the editorial process at an organization mm-hmm. like you, I can only judge based upon the end product that I receive from them. So, so I don't know if the organization has an editorial slant, but if there's a consistency, so, so if, if I find that slant is available, is, is displayed in most of the articles that I read from, or the most of the content that I consume from an organization, then it becomes easier to recognize that there may be a slant. So the, the, the difficulty becomes, or I can say difficulty. So it becomes then, and, 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 uh, so, so let me, let me, uh, point out the elephant in the room. Are you referring to someplace like Fox? Or is it just no, in general? I, I didn't have anybody specific in mind. Okay. So, so a lot of the content that I've seen and consumed from Fox News seems to go out on a ledge and not stay within some kind of rational parameters, right? Uh, yeah, I, I've seen, I, I, I've seen the content not have it. It's consistently, it's consistently, um, in a place that is less than just finding facts. It it more has an attitude or a personality to it, or a slant to it. Now, so so. So there are organizations that I feel do that, mm-hmm. that, that I can pick up and say, and be, and feel that I, I have, I can confidently believe that their article is going to have this kind of a, a slant to it. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned Fox, what about CNN or MSNBC? Can you say anything particular that stands out uh, with their writer or their, the way they cover uh, stories? So, yeah. Th- so, so, okay. So, so first you have to, in order to identify a slant, mm-hmm. you have to have a uh, baseline. What is, what is the baseline? What is the, what is the idea of uh, um, truth? This the be, one of the things that John Stewart said was is that the current media is not biased to a particular agenda, but is uh, leans towards sensationalism to sell papers. That's not a bias. Mm-hmm. So, so understanding that. Do they use words that are emotionally inflaming? Do you use words that are, you know, that um, that that aren't exactly descriptive of the situation, but more 
um, inflammatory. So, so yeah, that that doesn't mean that there is a a bias. You have mm-hmm. to understand that, or at least I understand that. I believe that. Well, I understand, but what if a station in particular was more um, sensational with the coverage of uh, one particular, say, party or demographic or or institution as opposed to just in general and it was consistently against one side versus another would would you call that bias well yeah because they've shown so yeah i i I don't yeah so that would be a bias that, that when you can show that that they consistently um cover one issue differently than they do other issues then that shows a bias yeah. The only reason I ask is because a lot of people think in this current climate we're in that a lot of um, some stations are biased towards, say, left or right or Democrat or Republican or conservative or liberal. And is that would you call that sen- sensationalism or a bias when they leaned in one of those directions? So sensationalism is more about, um, it's more about, uh, I want, I'm, I'm going to use this headline. Hold on. Okay. So if I can find it. It's not. So on on um, HuffPost, there was a I'll, – I'll use this one because okay. there's a bunch of them. The, the headline reads, Clarence Thomas reportedly rips – Clarence – I had to – as normal, you got ads popping up in the way, so you got to wait till those clear. Right. Clarence Thomas reportedly rips Americans addicted to certain outcomes from court. Now, is that bias or is that uh, uh, sensationalism? He does what now? Okay. Clarence, rips. Clarence Thomas rips. Report, Clarence Thomas reportedly rips Americans addicted to certain outcomes from the court. Hmm. Okay. So is that sensationalism or is that bias? On the surface, I would say sensationalism. That's sensationalism. So yeah. you can make a comment about a political party and it not be a bias. Mm-hmm. So, so the the question you was asking was, you know, is there a bias? And so I I believe that a lot of news sources lean towards sensationalism to get viewers. Mm-hmm. It may appear that it's a bias because of the the um because uh, because of the object in the in the headline. So Clarence Thomas, if you wanted to, because they mentioned Clarence Thomas. And you, and um, 
you know, it's not considered a uh, white right-leaning newspaper that they have a left agenda. But that may not be the, an agenda at all. It just may be an attempt to get you to click on the article, to read the mm-hmm. news article as in more sensationalism. They could have, they could have simply said, Clarence Thomas uh, says the court won't change because of um, the the fallout from the um, from the the document leaks. That's less that's less sensationalist mm-hmm. and more just factual. But who's gonna click on that? Because now you've given the whole show away. So now we know Clarence Thomas, um, who's a, a, a conservative judge, uh, it has, you know, spoke out against this issue. You know. Yeah. So it's all in the headline. So the idea is to create a headline that people want to click on because to read the article, because I can serve you ads when you do that. But if I can't get you to click on it, if I just give you the news, Clarence Thomas said something. Right. All right, whatever. Who cares? I don't like Clarence Thomas. I don't care what he said. But if he said something salacious, rips. Is that a well, news I term? If rips. You just say Clarence Thomas, that's going to trigger a lot of people. That's going to trigger some people. <laughs> you don't have to say much else besides right. they could. Thomas. You're right. They could have said Supreme Court Justice you know, says fallout won't change things. They could have left his name out of there completely. Right. Right. But, but then again, then it becomes an editorial choice Mm -hmm. because including his name is going to trigger some people, but it's not going to trigger others. So you have to make a decision. Do I include his name or not? So again, I have to to admit when I see it, if I saw that, I'm going to probably click on it. Right, because Clarence Thomas, right. So, so yep. I, I understand the the dilemma that the news services have. It is just if I could find this one article, it was I'm I'm gonna look for it because it, it was it was classic. What was it about? It was about um, um. Uh, something that uh, Hillary Clinton said, and it oh. was like this ominous uh. Hold on, I'm gonna do a search on Hillary. They don't make it easy to do searches. A lot of places just put put the uh, search bar in the top. They they, they didn't do that. Alrighty. Um, it was in yesterday's trending topics so it's not going to be today's turn mm-hmm. and i so hate i missed that i haven't seen her name pop up in a while yeah and they they used to make searching easy now they don't oh uh, yeah because it's be more a, about ads than anything else yeah so there used to be a search bar at the top and bang you could just type in hillary clinton and i could see all of the stuff hillary clinton said but yeah but it was what, something what? it was something really salacious really mm-hmm. ominous uh, uh 
that Hillary Clinton supposedly has said. Doggone. All right, now they're going to force me to just bail out of that. All right. Because the search bar is missing. All righty. All righty. Because if I could just pop in Hillary Clinton, then we'd be all right. So did you by chance listen to that um that um discussion that uh Colbert did on the Supreme Court situation? No, leak? I didn't. What happened? Oh man, he just ripped that thing uh those conservatives uh on how they lied and why would we trust them? You know, he went back and and played the clips of their interviews when they said they would not change, you know, okay. Roe was the settled law. Yeah. We would not vote against. Then they turn right around and. <laughs> well, it's okay. So we can, we can continue to go over. They, they, the people who have been behind this movement mm-hmm. have shown in the, in the current situation in our politics, They've shown that that they have no shame. So Colbert doing what he did, does it, it has no, they don't care. They don't care to be seen as a liar. They don't care to be seen as crazy. They don't care to be seen as difficult as long as they get what they want. Right? They don't care oh, that- I agree. They don't care that a lot of women don't want this. They don't care that 70% of the public doesn't want this. They don't care. So, so, so I don't know. I mean, you know, for, for me, um, and, and, and other people, yeah, that it matters, but that's not going to change those people. Well, yeah, I get that, but but it's it's a fact that they did it, and to just let it go uncovered, I think it, it at least deserves to be exposed for people that may not know, people that may have missed it, not for the ones that did it and don't care. I think the people who, okay, so so if you now. Are, are caring about the fact that the Supreme Court may strike down Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. And that comes to you as a surprise. Then what Colbert had to say doesn't matter. Or sorry, uh, yeah. I flipped that. <clears throat> if, if, you, if it comes to as a surprise to you, then it matters. But for those people who have been following politics, <clears throat> Pardon me. But those people that have been following politics, there is um, no surprise that that the people who said what they said are now changing their mind. Yeah, I, I can't argue that. Brett Kavanaugh 
got a judgeship because Merrick Garland was denied one mm-hmm. in an unfair way. And yet he felt like he deserved that opportunity. But someone else also deserved an opportunity to at least be heard. That's true. And he didn't care that that other guy didn't get a fair hearing. There's no shame there. No. And so, and so I'm not saying that, that, uh, Colbert was wrong for doing what he did. He he should have. But mm-hmm. I just don't think that there that, that the people who that that matters to already knew what was coming or at least knew that that was a possibility. Okay. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. So what do we do about the people that are somehow in the dark, maybe they get their news from different sources or maybe people that uh, are somewhere in the middle feel like, hey, maybe I can share some information that might make a difference to these other people. You think that could be helpful at all? Or do you think those? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that Colbert shouldn't have done what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what I am saying is, is that we have a situation and we, we know what, that you, you, you still fight. You, you never go down without a fight. Right. You know, if you go down without a fight, then you've conceded. Um, and so, yeah, he should have done what he did. People continue to go on doing what they did, but the expectation can't be that we're going to shame these people into uh, some form of truth and honesty. And I don't want to, I don't mean to be negative when I say these people, I'm just saying that, that there are people who honesty and truthfulness is not important. Well, yeah, I don't know what else we could call them besides these people. You don't want to say, well, these Republicans, these conservatives, you don't want to use. Well, there there are, there are Democrats that don't want to hear the truth. Right. Right. So what, what else can you say? Yeah. So, so part of uh, the reason that we um, had this show or or was considering doing this. And one of the things that uh, you and I had, you talked about and you explained to me was that you had a conversation with a lady and, and she was telling you of things that she believed was true or that she had accepted as true, which were clearly clearly able to be refuted and yes. all she had to do was turn on a television set yes and so or a newspaper or a newspaper or a, a facebook post or mm-hmm. you know talk to the neighbor's dog you know just I mean, yeah even even well, well I, maybe not the neighbor's dog even fox news i'm gonna just say it Cover the situation we were talking about, you know, but maybe she doesn't believe them either. So I don't know. Yeah. So, so in, in your having that conversation, you know, how, how, 
you know what's <coughs> I would hit the mute button. Oh, there. Alrighty. So, um, so in that conversation, you know, what, what is your mindset when you run into somebody that, that, you know, could have it with, with just minimal effort, come up with different information and not make the statement that they made with just minimal effort. You know, how do you approach having a conversation with a person like that? Well, that's a good question. I think what I was trying to do in that situation was to get a firsthand look at her source and see how that information was being pushed out so that I would better know how to refute or, or challenge it or make, allow her to question it, you know, by bringing some balance into the situation rather than just say, oh, that's, a, that's wrong. They're lying, you know, which I know is going to probably be offensive to them or maybe make it a harder conversation. So if we had some information we could discuss together, like her, her point of view and my point of view, if we could kind of compare and say, well, look, this is what, how I saw it. Is this what you saw? Why, why are they so different? Right. And so, and so I think at some point, all of us have encountered someone in which we've had the conversation with and we've had differing facts and information uh-huh. about a particular incident. And we felt that the conversation was going to go nowhere because neither that person wasn't going to go. Whatever they, the information they were sharing with us seemed so far out of reality. Right. That there was no way I was going to move to their point of view. And then you have to try to put yourself in that person's position and they're going to look at your information and go, well, that's so far away from the reality that I want to be in. I'm not going to, you know, listen to that person. So now you've got a situation where even if you're conversing with each other, you're so far apart that there is a possibility you may never get to a position of, um, uh, of, of, of having a, you know, consent about what the situation was like. And so, and so having that conversation, um, then becomes, well, if I know there's nothing that I can say or do, that's going to bring this person closer to me. And there's just no way in hell I'm going to, um, you know, believe in space lasers. Uh, so how, you know, how do you continue to have that conversation? And the reality is, is that you do. You just continue to have the conversation because you don't know, I don't know what I can say that may strike a chord. And I don't know what they can say that make me go, oh, oh wait a minute. I now see where you're coming from and where you got that information and why you believe it. Right, right. Well, you're making me think back in the past where we had situations where those type of conversations were coming up, but they were so disruptive or so, I don't know what the right word, hostile or the, the emotions that we, we figured the best way to 
the handle it was just to avoid them and shut them down because it wasn't perhaps the right time or place. So, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how deep they can get where you're going to have to realize, is this the time or the place to do this? Mm -hmm. So you have to figure that out first. I get it. So, yeah. So yeah, I'm, um, You remember the days back when we were first coming together and we had some opposing viewpoints and opinions and things would get every now and then things would kind of get on edge and somebody well, have to say I'm, I'm I'm a person like I say I I look at multiple multiple news sources multiple sources mm -hmm. um and so when I look at something and if you present information that's way outside of that Right. Then I question you. Sure. And so um, my next step is to try to understand there people do things for different reasons. People do things for a lot of different reasons. And sometimes people <clears throat> may um, agree with you, but won't change because they don't want to be seen as you having impact on their, their way of thinking. I, I personally don't get that hung up on that, but I'm not everybody. And so I have to make allowances that there are. So, so when I get involved in a, in a discussion, I do two, I'm, I'm doing two things. I'm sharing the information that I have and trying to learn new information that you have. Right. And it's how to have those conversations that become a an issue. Um, I, I don't think that I am an emotional person, but th that's my perception of myself. Um, right. And other people may see me as differently and that's, and that's okay because, mm -hmm. because I am somewhere in between those two. I am between somewhere between what I think I am and what you think I am. And, and it's, it, it becomes uh, to me important to understand what that is. Because if you think I'm an emotional person, then you're going to take whatever I say to you uh, as an emotional response. That's probably the case. And so when you think that I'm doing something emotional, um, if I know that you think I'm doing something emotional, then I try to find out what it is that I'm doing that makes you think I'm being emotional. Because once I know that, then I know either I can change what I'm doing or I have to say, well, that is who I am. That's the best way that I know how to approach the situation. And then at least I have, I am informed about how to have the conversation. Okay. Um, one of the things, and, and I've said to you on several occasions, <clears throat> um, there, are a lot, I, there are a lot of times people misunderstand me. And I, I, you know, I, but that's going to, no two people are always going to have the same mind at the same time. It's not, not always going to be the case. So you have to give people's credit. So, so taking, you know, the situation, um, like, uh, Fox news and, and I pick Fox news because, because they're probably the most visible organization doing some of these things. Some of the things that they say 
just don't seem to have uh, any real foundation for in reality. Mm. Okay. And, and the thing is, is that you can't just dismiss what they're saying because you don't like it. I can't just dismiss what they're saying and thinking and feeling just because I don't agree with it. So the thing then becomes, well, how do I have a conversation with someone that I just fundamentally have a difference of an idea of opinion about? Okay. And so the thing is, is I try not to always be indictive of, or to indict Fox News and those people that think in that, in that vein as not being intelligent or not being serious about their politics or, or news or not being serious. It's they have a different focus. Mm -hmm. They have a different motivation. They have a different learned background. And so because of that, it takes more work to communicate. I can either become settled in my approach and say, I'm not going to move. I'm going to force that person to move. Or I can say, I'm going to try to understand the situation better and find a better way to communicate. So, so I can't call them stupid and then expect that we're going to be able to, to talk. Nobody wants to be called stupid. Nobody wants to be called wrong. And even if I recognize that say that I say something and they go, Oh, and you can see it in their mind that, that they've recognized something that they didn't recognize before. You know, I can't jump on that and go, aha, I win. (laughs) Right? No, that wouldn't work out. That wouldn't work out either. So sometimes, so humility has to be a part of having a conversation with folks. Sure. And a lot of people don't have humility in a conversation. Yeah, I think when I look back on uh, the conversation that we were talking about with my friend, I I wanted to get deeper into the conversation and have a better understanding. But somehow the time and the environment we, we were in just didn't seem like the right time and place. And... I also had to step back and try to figure out why do they not see, well, why do they see this like that? I mean, when, when clearly the world saw a different picture and that's my mind seeing that, you know, but I had to realize that, well, perhaps they did not see what I saw, even though it was all over mainstream media, maybe they were just in that little bubble on that telegram bubble. And that right there is pretty bad. You know, if you don't expand your view to beyond that one little source of information. Yeah. And so I mentioned, you know, earlier in the, uh, when we started talking, um, I have to keep in mind that, you know, people have, they don't have the same kind of time to -hmm. investigate stories that I do. They don't have the same kind of interests in investigating the stories as I do. I grew up yeah. in an environment, my dad read the paper every day, seven days a week, and especially on Sunday. 
And the reason I can say especially on Sunday is because if he didn't find his Sunday paper, he was hard to live with, not <laughs> physically, but he was like, oh, I want my paper. And, and, and he read the paper from cover, from front page to last page. Wow. I picked up that habit. I'm not saying everybody's going to pick up all of those habits. So, uh, my father read, uh, my, my mother and my father both read novels, nonce. They always had a book in their hand. Mm -hmm. I, I struggled through a book. I had to, I had to learn, you know, techniques of reading in order to get through novels. I mean, I, there was a time period in my life where I read novels, but I, I was never as a proficient novel reader as my parents, but being around that kind of environment, those things become important to you. So mm -hmm. a news, so news sources are important to me. And, and, you know, watching the news landscape change the way it has, has been somewhat of a heartburn for me. Right. Right. So, yeah. I, so, I part, yeah. So, so part of, you know, doing this, 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 this show is about, you know, understanding, um, those changes. And, and because I, I like the old way of doing news without the making money, without the sensationalism, just because I like it that way, obviously not everybody does because right. it is the way it is now because more people want it that way. Yeah. Well, I think, um, we got a good picture of the differences between one individual and another. We have one person who reads several sources of news and information. Then we have another person or other people that have a very narrow source of information and you can see the differences whereas person with the narrow source of information is going to be literally kind of blind because they're only seeing one thing whereas the person with the widest uh, amount of sources is going to have a more open mind he's going to have exposure to more information and have more knowledge so i think that that re really makes a difference so like we were trying to figure out how do you communicate with that person with the narrower focus and, and less information to get them to see a bigger picture is the real challenge. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to. And so the, the, you know, what you're saying is the easy side of it, but how do you have a conversation with somebody that's all over the place that has so much knowledge that, you know, when you say something, they're mm -hmm. always providing information that contradicts your truth. How do you have well, that conversation when somebody's always seemed to be like, oh, you know, I heard this story. And then the person mm -hmm. across from you goes, yeah, but you didn't have all the facts. Eventually that becomes boring, tiresome. And it's not well, comfortable. If they only if they don't have the facts, if they actually had real facts i think it would be a whole different challenge but if it's just like you said if it's just information that might not be in your mind or idea credible then that that's 
that's a different story. People don't know what they don't know. Yeah. So that person doesn't know that they don't have all of the facts. So mm-hmm. in their mind, they believe they have all of the facts and they're giving you the story as factually as accurate as it's possible. But if you're always providing additional facts, eventually that person is going to tune you out. Hmm. Because they've tried, Even if they've given facts. their effort, but they've given the effort, they've given the effort that they can afford to give. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to appreciate that. Because if you don't appreciate that, then the person doesn't feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. So if they provide whatever, whatever information that they provide for the conversation, mm-hmm. let that be a part of the conversation. I'm not saying that that's always going to work. There <laughs> people have different motivations for doing the things that they do. And so sometimes it's sometimes if you, if you can share more information, you do. Sometimes yeah. if you can share more information, you don't because the situation may not call for it. But you have to understand when to when to do that and when not to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so th- this woman tells you a story. Mm-hmm. Um, she may not be asking you for your opinion. She may not be asking you for the information that you have in your head. She's just telling you her story, and you just have to sit there and go, in your mind, yeah, it's not all the story, sweetheart, but I'm a listen. <laughs> And that's it. That's all you can do because she's not interested in what you have to say. Right. And so you have to understand that when you have to, you have to learn. I've learned at 60 something. I'm 60 plus. Mm -hmm. I've learned at 60 that it ain't always good to open my mouth. Sometimes just shut the hell up and let people talk. Right. Well, I, I, I get that. The thing is, is that uh, before we ended the conversation, we agreed to continue the conversation and that they were supposed to supply me some source. But to this point, they haven't yet. No. So, okay. So I don't know what's specific. And so you, you seem to be a bit uh, aloof with it. So I'm talking about the woman I was having a conversation with. Okay. Right. And she hasn't provided you any information. Right, right. But they at the time, they seemed real uh, interested in continuing the conversation and that they, they wanted to share this information because she was tr- she was trying to get me to get on this platform, mm-hmm. Telegram, and mm-hmm. I really had gotten off for a reason. But I said, well, you know, we'll send me some information. We can talk about it. And but I haven't gotten it yet. Well, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> so however that goes down. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm at this point. I'm like, I got some other things to do. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blow them off if they finally came through. You know, I definitely uh, give give it a little time. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, um, varying degrees of knowledge. Um, and you know, she may have had other things come up that may be, you know, more pressing. But there are a lot of reasons why That's- people, you know. And maybe for her, after she's had that conversation, she thought about it and goes, you know what? I really don't care to go any further with this. So she changed her mind. And, and so there are a lot possible. of things. Yeah. I just, that's quite possible. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, it, 
so so I have to be conscious of the news sources that I use. So if I, even though I'm using s- several different news sources, mm-hmm. I can't always stake my life and reputation on the, their accuracy. Right. Because people are people. And, you know, we, mm. you know, at any one time, they, we will fall short of our best expectations. And that doesn't mean that we were uh, intentionally trying to not be our best. It is just in us to sometimes not be our best. And so, you know, when you, when you like, you know, we talked about with uh, Mike Tyson, you have to give some people credit when they're trying hard and they right. make a mistake. But you have to be comfortable or you have to at least feel comfortable that they are trying hard. And that that becomes the difference is that I don't know when someone else is trying hard. I, I don't know, you know, when they're struggling. Like I can only assume, make assumptions based mm-hmm. on any experience that I have. And I, I, you know, at, at my age, I haven't learned everything. I've learned enough to feel comfortable. Yeah, I I agree that you don't always know how much effort a person's putting in. And I think it uh, depends a lot on how well you know the person Mm -hmm. and how well you know their history. If you've been known them for a while and you've seen certain patterns, then you can probably say, yeah, well, you know, um, that's what you're saying, but I know more to it than that, you know? Sure. Yeah. All righty. So um, I thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, we will be back next Saturday. And thank you very much, everybody. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, the lionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>